So we're reading from Luke chapter 11 and verses 1 to 13. Okay, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. And then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend. And you go to him one, uh, go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are with me in bed and I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks you for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. This is the word of the Lord. At the beginning of this chapter, the disciples ask Jesus to teach them to pray. That suggests prayer is something we have to learn within our lives because prayer is not just automatic, nor is it always easy. So don't feel bad if you find prayer difficult. We all do. The disciples did, and Jesus understands that. In response to the request, teach us to pray, Jesus gave a kind of outline or model of prayer, the Lord's Prayer, but he also gave two parables to encourage us to pray because sometimes we feel discouraged about prayer and therefore disinclined to pray. Maybe we even sometimes feel like giving up trying. So I want to look at these two parables today. Now a parable is like an illustration. It shows us something we're very familiar with and then draws lessons from it to help us understand something else that we're less familiar with or less sure about. And it's very important to know what sort of parable Jesus is using. Sometimes a parable will draw a direct connection between two things because the two things are alike, such as when Jesus said, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like such and such. This thing is very much like that thing, in other words. But there are other parables, such as these two here, which work in a different way. There's still a comparison between two things, but this time the second thing outdoes the first thing, and that's the point. It works by saying, 
if you know this first thing is true here, then this other thing there must be even more so. There's something much better about the second. And that's how these two parables on prayer work. It's summed up in verse 13 when Jesus says, If you human beings do such and such, then how much more will your Father in heaven? Now that's really important here because if we read these two parables in the wrong way, we might come to some rather unhelpful conclusions about prayer. For example, if we read the story of the friend asking for bread and interpreted it in a like-for-like way, we might wrongly conclude that God's a bit reluctant to hear us, like the friend who was reluctant to get out of bed. But that if we bang on the door enough, God might end up doing something. But ironically, that's actually the opposite of what Jesus is trying to say here. One of the main points here is that God is not reluctant, like we might fear he would be, or like we might be ourselves. Rather, he is very much attentive and ready to hear and to answer prayer. So let's look at the first parable from verse 5. And as we do so, remember how it works. First, it gives an example from our human friendships, friendships in order to then give us uh, much greater confidence in our relationship with God. So, suppose you have a friend, he says, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my family and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even if he will not get up and give him anything because of friendship, yet because of his uh, boldness or audacity, the word literally means without shame, because of his unashamed request, he will surely get up and give him as much as he needs. Now, just to clarify something, the original Greek word meaning without shame or without embarrassment there, it does not mean persistence. Uh, in the past, some translations have wrongly translated it like that, uh, as if it says, because of his persistence, the man got up, as if we keep having to prod and prod God until he eventually gives in. And, and But that's not what the word means, nor is it what happens, in fact, in the parable. The word means unashamed, without hesitation, a, a kind of boldness. And the point of the story is this. Even though it's the middle of the night and very inconvenient, the man bangs on, on his friend's door and asks for bread because he believes he can do that with this friend. He thinks, I need bread, but it's midnight. Who can I ask? I know I can go and ask this particular friend because despite the inconvenience, I know that he will help me. And Jesus's point is this. If you know you have human friends like that, who you can phone up in the middle of the night in a crisis, and even though they're picking up the phone half asleep thinking, who on earth's calling me at the, this ridiculous hour, they would nevertheless stagger out of bed to help you nonetheless. Well, Jesus says, if you have human friends like that, how much more can you turn to God, who sees no prayer as an inconvenience? How much more readily and boldly, without any sense of shame or embarrassment, can you turn to God? Because he's never reluctant like we might be. He's never asleep in bed. He's never too busy doing other things. You can speak to God more readily than even your closest human friend who would answer you in the middle of the night. How much more, Jesus says, can you ask God? 
Now, perhaps we've been sometimes been given a very different idea of God and of prayer than that, as if God was not interested in us and has to be coerced into changing his mind and maybe listening and answering. But that's actually a very pagan idea of God, not Christian. It's like the prophets of Baal back in 1 Kings 18 who thought they had to keep shouting to their God for hours and hours and hours and when he didn't respond it must be because they needed to shout louder and even cut themselves offering him a bit of blood in an effort to convince him to take notice and do something for them. Now of course it might not be that extreme for us but we can start thinking a bit like that ourselves as if God is a reluctant God whose arm has to be twisted to convince him to even care rather than a God who is friend. But what Jesus is saying here is that God is a friend to you more so than even the best of human friends. You can come to him without hesitation knowing that his ears are already open to you. If you know you can knock on your human friend's door at midnight, Jesus says, how much more can you feel free to approach God? So don't be afraid to pray. Don't imagine God's not interested or doesn't want to hear from you or doesn't want to be bothered. Hebrews 4 says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, a high priest who can sympathise with us in all our weaknesses, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And so Jesus says here in Luke 11, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock like the man in the parable and the door will be opened to you. you know, not just shouting down from the window, what do you want? But opening the door to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who, to the one who knocks the door will be opened. And that's the first parable Jesus gives us about prayer. The second parable works in a similar way. This time, the illustration from everyday life is not just the relationship between two friends, but the relationship between a parent and a child. And the point this time is that God is always good towards us, which Jesus says means he will give his spirit, he will give himself, in other words, when we ask. So, which of you fathers, or indeed mothers, he says, if your child asks for a fish, would give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, would give them a scorpion. If you then, though capable of evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? As human parents, we would never want to give what is harmful to our children, only what is good. Well, if that's true of us as human beings, how much more so of God, Jesus says. If we human beings, even with all our faults and failings, even though we're capable of doing evil, if we nevertheless only desire good for our children, how much more certain that God desires our good, not our harm, as he sees us as his children. So Jesus is telling us that as we pray, we don't need to worry whether God intends good towards us or not. The question of God's goodness is settled. God always desires good for us. And so the point is, don't be reluctant to pray as if God may or may not be for you. You can be certain as you pray that God has your best interests at heart because Jesus describes our relationship with God here as one of father to child. It's one of love. 
So don't be afraid to pray. And again, now that might be a very different view of God than some forms of prayer would suggest. There are some forms of prayer that sound more like God doesn't really like us at all and has to be convinced to love us and do us good. But Jesus says, no, that's not how it is. You instinctively know, he says, how to be kind to your children as parents because you love them. Well, how much more does God know how to be good because he loves you even more perfectly? And notice Jesus says that God's goodness means he gives us his spirit, which means he gives himself into our lives to lead and to guide and to shape us. And I think that's very instructive. Sometimes that's actually a much better thing to ask for than, say, particular outcomes or particular things or solutions. Sometimes we spend a lot of time asking God to change things outside of us, but not so much time asking God to change things within us or change change and prepare us or help us through things. So, yes, we might spend time praying for circumstances to change, and that's fine, that's okay. But maybe it's even more important to ask that God will be working in us as we face those circumstances, whatever they may be, by giving us his spirit. Because maybe at the end of the day, the growth of our character is the more beneficial thing, because it will stand us instead and shape us long into the future. Now, it's okay to pray for things, of course, but like in the parable, first and foremost, God wants to feed us. He wants us to grow inwardly as his children. Now, sometimes, just like children, we ask for things that aren't as good for us as we think they'll be, or sometimes we're not really sure what we should ask for, but God can be trusted, and and that's the point of the parable. He's not going to trick us or harm us, Jesus says. God really does love you and desire what's best for you. And so whether our prayers are wise or unwise prayers, whether God gives us what we wanted or not, we can be assured that God will always do what is right and will always give us the good gift of his spirit as we ask him. He gives himself, in other words. So Jesus has given us these two parables on prayer. The first encourages us to be bold in prayer, not reluctant because God is very ready to hear us. The second encourages us to pray without fear, because God is good. So as we think about prayer, the first thing to say is just pray, just talk to God. Don't get too uptight about it. God really is good. He loves you as his child, and he's happy for you to knock on his door, no matter what time it is. And I want to close by just sharing a video with you which imagines a prayer from God to us. Because before we think about what we say to God, we do need to think about what he has already said to us. And the words of this video are based on two passages in the Bible which tell us about God's love for us. 1 John 4 and John chapter 15. Come close, love. There's something that I want to take a look at together. Are you in a place where you can hear me? Because I want you to really soak in what I have to say. I come offering transformation, 
I come full of love and I so deeply want you to experience for yourself what is so often only talked about or imagined. My full presence to all things. My part in your being and your part in my being. I want to clean you up, cut off what no longer serves you and show you how deeply and truly everything is enjoined to me. What's yours to do is going to sound simplistic, but it's hard. Trust me, I know. People tend to get in their own way when it comes to connection. So what I am asking you is to open, to show me where it hurts, because right there is where I come in. I am meeting you sore to sore, wound to wound, to nourish you by the intimacy of my own blood and guide you into the mystery and miracle of my deep healing way. I want to bring you closer into me. I want you to experience me and my love firsthand, source to soul. I want you to know that you are soaked in me. You are within my love everywhere, always, and my love is never exhausted. So share the spirit of it freely. Give without worry or desperation. Let love move among you, soul to soul. My heart is set on you. I am here, active and present. I am yours and you are mine. I will never leave you. So trust, remain, rest assured. Be still and know. You are within my love everywhere, always, source to soul. And my love is never exhausted. <laughs>